Welcome to the Cobot Show, the podcast that breaks down the barriers of industrial automation. My name is Danielle Marlette from Universal Robots, and talking with me today is Joe Campbell, longtime veteran of the robot industry and head of marketing for Universal Robots North America. And for this episode, we have a very exciting guest. Our guest has achieved what some would say the impossible, a career as a professional ballet dancer and an academic quantum physicist. And recently, she has fused the two worlds of dance and tech by performing duets with a Universal Robots cobot. I am very excited to introduce Dr. Merritt Moore to our podcast. Welcome. All right, thank you. It's great to be here. We're definitely looking forward to this conversation. This will be uh, this will be unique. I usually have the pleasure of talking to heavy industrial partners and heavy industrial users, and uh, I think this is going to be a fun conversation. Uh, not so many ballerina visits. <laughs> no, I do not have many ballerinas visit the podcast. No, I think the number one question I have is, how did you conceive of this this marriage, this blending of an industrial robot and and classical dance? So my background is physics. I studied physics at Harvard and then at Oxford in atomic and laser physics, and but also been a professional ballet dancer, and. When I finished my PhD two years ago, you know, constantly I've been torn and felt the pressure that I have to choose science or art, um, dance or physics. And I think after it now been a decade that I've been pursuing both um, intensely. And so there was that question of like, but why not? Like, why not both? Um, and also the practicalities of, Man, physics takes a lot of time, and so does a professional ballet career. So I was like, yeah. I think we need to learn how to merge these. Definitely. Day, and I need to sleep at some point. So I was also, I'm always intrigued by creativity, like human creativity. And I really feel that the intersection of bringing in this technology and arts would can help enhance human creativity. Um, and so I was first at the Harvard Art Lab. They invited me, and it was just an exploratory week where I was really looking into kind of like AI, machine learning, getting inspiration for new ideas, enhancing the dance art form. I was then at Norwegian National Ballet performing Swan Lake, and mm -hmm. a friend of a friend was like, oh, I work with robots. We've got a <laughs> UR. <laughs> and, um so literally like in between shows and after rehearsals and on, I would like rush over there and just start playing around. And what's great about the Universal Robots is it's so user friendly. Mm -hmm. Like you literally, you can just like, you can just start playing right away. You you don't need years of expertise or knowledge or, or literally coding. I mean, I, I know some programming from uh, physics background, but you, it's not, you don't need that. Um, so I was starting to play with movement, and then Harvard Art Lab invited me back to for a month and a half to explore it more, um, and and then lockdown happened, and I just thought, uh. <laughs> I was like, you know, and, and for the dance world, I mean, it's devastating, but at that point, it, I, I finished my residency in February, and lockdown happened in March, and I was just like, wow. how funny that I was just dancing with a robot. Well, perfect timing. Absolutely. And, yeah. and now this is your 
only dance partner for now. I know. Who knew it was robot would be my only dance partner for such a long time? Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, that's that's incredible. And and so now that you're you're dancing with a robot, can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about how you programmed and how you set up dancing with a robot? Because that's something that we think of. It's very industrial, very machine heavy. You're going to see them in factories or in shop floors. So how did you take this industrial robot mm. and and turn it into a dance partner? How do you choreograph a, 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 <laughs> a, a six-axis <laughs> robotic yeah, arm? Yeah. Um, so I mean, there there are a couple, I think, projects surrounding the robot, um, Universal Robotics, and so one is I, I was looking at just like choreography and setting, like having preset choreography. And then looking at this, you know, six-jointed robotic arm, and and it just felt like this puzzle. It's like, how do I make the six-jointed arm represent a head, a body, two arms, and two legs? Mm-hmm. Like, um, I loved puzzles as a kid, so it just really kind of tickled my buttons. Like, I loved it. <laughs> like, I was like, how are we going to make this do the Michael Jackson dance? Huh? Like, it was just like... That's a, that's a whole different issue. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like... You know, so there's that aspect of it, um, and I and but also a curiosity of, look, um, you know, as a dancer, you know, I, I am interested in like communication, right? Like, so it's research shows that communication is like ninety percent nonverbal, predominantly body language, and so one thought was, but does body language have to come through a human form? Can it come through another type of form, like this six-jointed industrial arm? And so it's kind of exploring that and what emotions it evokes in in different ways that it, it reacts. And um, yeah, so so part of the choreography is pre-choreographed, and then at um, what I find super fascinating as well is is working on interactive real-time dancing yeah i think and there is a lot of technology that's uh coming to the forefront mostly for the industrial side but um it is uh it's designed to allow the robot to react to external uh stimuli and not just signals but uh external physical behavior which which is exactly what you just described yeah yeah and what's great is like so when I was at Harvard Art Lab, I was working with um, Jose Luis Garcia del Castillo Lopez. He's got the longest name ever. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a corker. It is. <laughs> but he's amazing, so he deserves that yep. long name. Yeah. Um, he's at the Graduate School of Design. And so he had created what he calls like Robot Ex Machina. Um, and it's a computational oh, yeah. framework that is developed to communicate with like industrial robots in real time so it's like the mix of rhino grasshopper unity python all of that yeah but he's using it in a way that doesn't you know that's not typically how we control the robots right like the robots are designed to be programmed to do the same thing over and over in a factory um but he did like a couple like 
few hacks and a little back doors to yep, make yep. it happen. And we, and that's how we were able to, um, cre- we connected a HTC Vive. So those VR. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Not using the headset, just using the handset. Um, and we connected that. And so that uh, we could, it was programmed so that, you know, if I clicked a certain location, the robot would come to that location. And so my arm and the robot would meet. Oh, perfect. Or, or I could do a gesture with my arm on the other side of the room and it would get mapped to the robot. And he would, it would do it in real time. And it's all like open source and community driven. Yeah. And so um, the next steps will be to connect the framework to machine learning tools mm-hmm. and give the robot even more agency which I'm super excited about, um, you know, and, and trying to keep everything safe. <laughs> right. Well, but, that's, but that, universal robots are the safest. Yeah. Well, that's been, and that's been really the hallmark of our control architecture. Um, mm-hmm. And I think it's, it's fascinating because our founders were not, uh, they were not uh, hardcore roboticists, right? They were, they came out of a university. They had better ideas on how robots could be deployed and used, and they mm. and they they built the control architecture to suit that, um, you know. And it, you're right. The difficult part is to give access to this advanced programming, mm-hmm. while at the same time keeping the robot safe and mm-hmm. easy to use. And yeah. I think they've done a fantastic job of putting those layers in place to to allow this kind of development, and then at the same time. Uh, to be able to take it into a factory and within a within a day have the robot in production. Yeah, I, I, I fully agree. I mean, within a couple, I mean, I just remember like the robot arrived, it was plugged in, and I had already a dance in the first day. That's you know, perfect. It's like, and I mean, I'm not, I'm not a roboticist, right? I I have physics training, but it's it's different. I mean. I was dealing with like single photons, like. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a different, <laughs> different scale. So this was, different scale. <laughs> this was kind of the first experience with robotics, or did you have um, any previous experience with robots? No, before? it's it's my first. Um, yeah. Awesome. I think, I, I can cross. Like I, I think there's sometimes a fear with robotics if people aren't used to like the machinery. So I've not dealt with robotics. Um, but I've been in clean room labs and, mm-hmm. you know, various, uh, you know, dilution fridges. Like I've dealt with um, equipment and, and lab equipment. Um, you're no stranger so. to technology. No, no stranger th- to things that don't have manuals and you're supposed to make <laughs> things happen. Right. So <laughs> a robot with a manual is like, huh? That's man. <laughs> like singing. <laughs> Did you um, did you do any? Uh, h- how did you acquire knowledge about the UR robot? Did you go to our online uh, training academy, or did you literally just pick it up on the floor? Just picked it all. I picked it up on the floor. That's um, incredible. So, yeah, I mean the so when I was at um, in Oslo, so the, so the friend of the friend works. I'm going to do a shout out to Hero Futures. So they're this. <laughs> <laughs> well, That's they good. deserve it. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to shout them out. Um, they're in Oslo. They're a company with like transdisciplinary team of like robotic engineers and software developers and designers working for human machine, future human machine collaboration. And they're working on like creating these artificial like social skills for robots. Um, and 
when I we met with them, yeah, like Aiden gave me like a 15 minute prep talk. He's like, power on, program, waypoint, set, yeah, yeah. done. Go to town. Like, go to town. And and then he left, and then I was like, okay. <laughs> and so it's been super easy. I mean, it's e- probably easier than setting up anything else on your computer. Your coffee machine to program it to brew you coffee at 8 a.m. in the morning. Oh, my God. It probably, that's yeah. Hard. That's, that's why hard. I don't have one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny that you say that because uh, back in the era when we would go to physical trade shows, mm-hmm. um, one of the things that we like to do, we, we meet with a lot of press, a lot of trade editors. And I love taking an editor uh, for the first time and giving them the teach pendant. And just like you said, here we're going to power on, we're going to teach a point, we're going to teach a waypoint, teach a waypoint, and we're going to end, and there's your program. It absolutely shocks people. Um, yeah. And it's, a, it's, it's a really so it's a fundamental part of, of how we go in the market is just to show people literally yeah. how straightforward it is. Yeah. I, I agree. It's like, it's, <laughs> yeah, everything in comparison is so complicated. So, you know, I think this is this is also interesting. Um, have you gotten a lot of reaction from young women who are interested in maybe crossing over from the arts into uh, the engineering or technical side or back and forth? Yes, I have. And I also do, you know, I tailor my, the stuff like on Instagram and stuff to them. Because I think it's so unfortunate how science and other STEM subjects are taught. It's really like, oh, for you to succeed, you have to like sitting in a corner of a library and memorizing a book and then regurgitating it on an exam. So uh, <laughs> anyone want to raise your hands to do that? <laughs> Everyone's right. like, God, like, that sounds like the most miserable life. Right. Um, and the, the unfortunate thing is like that is not what stem is right as a job or even as research like in the physics lab it's super fun and collaborative and creative um so i i mean a lot of the when i when i'm you know part of the thought behind these dances behind selfishly just wanting to have fun but is is putting projecting a, a different image out there being like look you can have fun with robots and be totally a stem dork but also be creative and have fun and like do you know your tiktok dances and do you know like (laughs) this is all it's fun and games like and i think the best research and breakthroughs come from a playful you know a playfulness so um yeah that is i i like to feed it's like how my mother would feed me broccoli she bakes like a pile on cheese and so I like to sneak in the physics and the stuff. Yeah, yeah. I have one florid of broccoli and a bucket of cheese. There you go. <laughs> I'm like, here's a lot of Bruno Mars, and here's a lot of, like, Billie Eilish and some tech. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Absolutely perfect. You know, it's also interesting when I look at, at the programming you've done with the robot in the dance. Um in the industrial world, we always look for efficiency of movement because that's mm-hmm. what reduces cycle time and, mm-hmm. and improves the, the process. And 
you know, the, the easy flow programming that you've done to mimic the dance moves is spot on. If that had a gripper on it and was in an industrial environment, I would say that is good programming. It's mm. nice to see. Nice. And what I'm excited about is like the, the steps beyond this. So like talking with Robotique, I think we're doing a collaboration where I'm using their, their gripper and their, um, co-force pilot and yeah, you know to smooth good. out the movement and to enhance all these things so it's like you know each level each you know each time i get familiar with it because i have been like i'm like okay i've done a lot of these dances now like what's the next step and then you know you add on and so it's, it's fun times it is well and i think if you if and i i like to talk about robotique they're one of our oldest and most favored partners um if you see what they're doing with the Force Copilot software, particularly in their sanding applications, mm. um, still a robot that's sanding, but what they've done is just simplified the programming and setup so much. Mm. Um, what looks so easy for them in a traditional approach would take days and days of, of tedious programming. Um, and I think it's a real good example of how you can you can have an intelligent, creative approach to a an old, an old school problem, um, and, and actually improve the results. Nice. Yeah. Good. I'm excited then. Yeah. No, if you're, if you're working with <laughs> boutique, that that will definitely be a lot of fun. Cool. Danielle's looking at her list of topics that she wanted to explore all, with you. All our fun notes. So moving forward, kind of on the, the next new ideas you mentioned, a little bit earlier about, you know, the, the creative aspects between mm -hmm. robotics and just creativity in general, yeah. um, in that human machine interaction. And, and was there something in particular that really drew you to that interaction? Um, ju just to make those make that work together? On on two fronts. So I'm super interested in I think the connect, like the connections, the the mergence of these two fields will create breakthroughs both in the arts and the tech research side. Like that's my hope. So in in the research side, like I, what I, I view that the dancing will help push past the like traditional methods of testing. You know, it's like helping to find those corner cases, those edge cases, those unexpected cases to find the outlier events to test for failure and to test, you know, and to push the limits of what is already existing and to push the limits of, of its potential. So looking at new movement and interests, interactions that wouldn't have been tested otherwise, because, yeah, coming from a physics background, I like I know like a lot of the times we get used to the traditional methods of of testing things and mm -hmm. so once we've hit all those check boxes we're like okay we've we fully like have you know analyzed this but actually i think when you you bring in the arts or, or a different field you are forced to you know push the boundaries and and see different interesting and creative ways so you know looking at human's weight, the balance, like smoothing out the movement, perhaps moving the robot, like, I don't know, and also 
improving its robustness and reliability in the long term. So that's what I think, like, you know, the benefits of bringing, like, in particular, dance and robotics together um, and having been in both worlds, like, this fusion, I think the fusion of art and science um, is... Uh, it's it's not very quite yet. Mm-hmm. I think whenever mm-hmm. people fuse art and science together, it's arts, you know, they use it for arts to help communicate the science. But I think arts can have a much more impactful um, uh, way of, of, you know, helping the sciences. And, you know, I hope to be, like, publishing research papers about the science and, and and engineering but from an arts perspective so that's that's yeah. part of my dream well i think it's it's also interesting if you listen to a lot of the phrases that you just just used um mm. uh, in a different context you could sound like a uh, a robot development engineer mm. right because mm-hmm. uh we we to, to get more performance we're always testing the boundaries yeah um we're we're always uh trying to to smooth out and take out any hint of inefficiency, mm-hmm. um, whether it's in the motors or the cables or the me- mechanics or the gearboxes. So it's, um, it, it really is a lot of parallel, uh, a lot of parallel there. Um, you know, when we talked earlier too, you had asked a little bit about what else is going on in the arts world uh, from the UR perspective. Yeah. And I don't think anybody's, uh, that I'm aware of is up at your end of the spectrum, but we do see a lot of um, a lot of use of our robots in the graphics arts, whether it's two-dimensional mm. or three-dimensional. Uh, robots are used to to build uh, complex uh, art structures, um, and we also see them quite uh, quite often now in uh, architectural side of life. Um, with robots actually trying to trying to assist in building complex architectural models. So I, I think there's a lot of potential there for crossover. Yeah, and it's beautiful because these these structures are um, a beautiful in the, their final product, but also I've seen some of these and it's like it's beautiful in the way that they're created as well, like the movement behind it and um, yeah. yeah. And for sure. There's also the the cinematography aspect of it too. We're seeing a lot of cameras mounted on the end of the arms to make yeah. that that smooth mm-hmm. and fluid movement, like you were talking about. And I think um, bridging the gap between the arts and robotics and technology is really helping the the newer generations get interested in STEM and in robotics. Because um, yeah. that's a big thing too. We're starting to see is that if you're not introduced into robotics or science or technology starting off it gets a little scary and it's a little intimidating and there's that barrier of entry that you you kind of feel locked in so it's Mm -hmm. a really great way to bridge the technology with the creative gap to to encourage activity within it starting at all ages yeah and 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 that whole idea of having the um camera mounted on the robot like i one of the next projects is also working with an incredible director in in paris and where they're going to have the camera mounted on a ur but also have the ur with me dancing and like Mm -hmm. how can i come super central 
That'll be fantastic. Well, it, it, and believe me, the impact, uh, uh, you know, some of it's very obvious, but some of it's it's going to be subtle and it'll be generational. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a real problem in manufacturing now. And, and frankly, the younger generations, whatever label you want to put on them, mm-hmm. they don't want to be in the factory. Mm. The factory is viewed as uh, is not a friendly place and the work is not fulfilling and there's limited creativity. Mm-hmm. And um, what we've, I can't find data to support it, but I've talked to enough plant managers who say once they get a couple collaborative robots installed, they find it's easier to hire because people are drawn to them. They're interested. Mm. And I think some of the work that you're doing on the public stage makes a big, big impact long term. Um, you know, the fact that you're you're willing to to get face-to-face with a robot and execute a very complicated dance uh, side-by-side, that that really tells a big story to the younger generations. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad. It certainly kept me occupied during these lockdowns. <laughs> I was like, I don't know what I would do without Parishnabot. <laughs> right. Yeah. We struggled with the name at first, but it's kind of grown on us. So, yes, no. that's a, that's yeah, a good I guess name. If, if, it's it's because I guess uh, I'm mainly I know, I know a lot of dancers, so everyone's familiar with Brishnikov. Although for yeah. for for we can go with Robot De Niro, we can go you know <laughs> we've got lots of options. Don't plenty, worry, plenty of choices for all your plenty next robot choices. projects. Yes. So merit merit right now you're you're hunkered down in London. Yes. Um and and um, when we're all free to travel, which the uh, sooner mm-hmm. the better. What's what's next or where next for you? Um, so immediately right now, so in January, opening up in, there's this amazing gallery in Mayfair, central London. So it's invited myself and two other artists, um, to Claire and Ben, to have our works at the gallery. So we're going to be using UR Robot and working with Roboticists in India, and great collaborators here in London, um, where we're going to make it uh, interactive. So when people enter the gallery, we have sensors so that the robot knows where they are and will direct its movements in that direction. Um, and we'll do Excellent. some performances there, whether it's virtual or live, it will depend on, you know, we will see, we will see. Yeah. Um, and then right, and then after that, it's also... Uh, as I mentioned, like director in Paris, like working with augmented reality and um, with the robot, and it's and for me, it's it's continually jumping from um, the art side to lots of really fun creative projects, like possibly at London Coliseum, like all these things, and then also on the research side, you know, working with Robotique, working with Jose at Harvard, working with mm-hmm. the roboticist in India. Um, and, and then future, future goals, if I'm allowed to go. So like dream, dream goal is like, I would love to go to the moon. I'd love to go be an astronaut. So yeah. you part, have, it, you, ha- you have a chance. You de- definitely have a <laughs> shot at it. So part of my, like, yes, I'm having lots of fun with the robot, but also I'm like, I want to gain that expertise and knowledge around robotics, um, mm-hmm. because that is the future, whether on earth or on the moon. And so, yes. Those, those are my future short-term and long-term plans. That is absolutely exciting. Yes. So, so here's a now here's a loaded question with a follow-up <laughs> question behind okay. it. Okay. 
have, have you spent any time in an automated factory that are uh, aggressively using robots as part of manufacturing? No. Well, then, uh, when we are allowed to travel, I will make the offer uh -huh. that uh, Danielle and I would love to escort you into a, a high-intensity, roboticized factory and let you get a feel for what that's like on the other end of the spectrum. I would love that. Okay, it's on the list. Boom, great. Come on, vaccine. Where's your magic? <laughs> Hurry up. Everybody, <laughs> everybody take a shot. <laughs> Well, so the last question, too, is um, mm -hmm. I have to believe that the whole world of ballet has just been crushed by yeah. the, the pandemic and the, really the lockdown. Um, what do you see in the future there? Uh, do you see a path for the, that section of the arts to open back up and, and start to bring people back in? Yes, I mean, the arts will always survive. Dance will always survive. I mean, it's part of our nature, right? Like, there's no way it's just going to collapse and go away. But I think it's just, it was due uh, a little bit of a revamp. Like, I think it just needed a, <laughs> what am I trying to say? I'm <laughs> saying it, <laughs> it is definitely going to still, sur you know, exist. But it just, you know, it, it's going to look a bit different. And um, I think it was kind of due a little bit of a, a kind of a relook at to what its structure was because mm -hmm. I, I think it was kind of down this rabbit hole and, and had lost a lot of its creativity and innovation because it was stuck doing things that felt safe. Mm -hmm. um, Interesting. But now those safe things don't work. So now they're going to be forced to try things that were originally unsafe, but now are the only options. Yeah. Right. So I think it's going to be a super exciting time for dance and for art. It's just, um, yeah, because it, it's forcing people out of that comfort zone of, you know, having to do Swan Lake and Nutcracker over and over and over again um, because they know that that's the safe thing. But now they're like, okay, we really have to relook at everything. And um, and I think it, and part of that is going to be looking at tech for inspiration and, mm -hmm. and and finding that right balance of keeping that authentic human feel to the art form mm. while bringing inspiration in so i think a lot of people get excited about wanting to bring art and tech together but then they lose that kind of human authentic component natural yeah. component um yeah. so i in my work i always you know i will like to push the boundary but also i like to keep it simple and and natural um, in everything I do, and so I think it's finding that balance. Well, I think the the uh, I think the energy that you've brought to it is uh, is kind of defines what the future is going to look like. I, and for me, it's re it's really exciting to see. Um, and I just congratulate you for having the foresight to take that big leap because it was a big leap. Yeah. And um, yeah, a little it's, it's stubborn. <laughs> yeah. Well, that helps. <laughs> like there are a couple of books I was at the beginning. I was like. Do you guys want to loan me a robot? They're like, are you crazy? I was like, but actually, do you guys want to? But really, I'd like a robot. <laughs> but yeah, really? Yeah. They're like, are you crazy? No. And then I was like, but <laughs> I think you do. <laughs> That's good. And maybe we'll, we'll see some robots on the professional ballet stages, thanks to you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that 20, would be fun. 20, what? 
<laughs> right. <laughs> late, 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 late 2021. Yeah. We know some people. <laughs> well, Merritt, I can't thank you enough for spending time with us. This was fantastic. And uh, I'm dead serious about the offer that once the skies open up, Danielle and I are going to take you to a factory and uh, get your perceptions oh, on what's going on on that end of the world. I would love that. And I am eternally grateful to Universal Robotics because I, robots, because I, I don't know. I'd be very sad at the moment. <laughs> Still locked in my room. No dance partners. Nope. No dance partners. No dancing. Just no creative outlets. Uh, Mary, if people want to get in touch with you or follow you or get mm. a better understanding of what you're doing, what is the best way to contact you? I think, yeah. So LinkedIn, Merit Moore. Or um, Instagram and Twitter at physics on point with an E at the end. Oh, perfect. <laughs> well, great. Well, thank you again uh, for your time today and for removing barriers for women in STEM and, and creating all of this great content. Oh, great. Thank you, Joe and Danielle. Thank you. Well, for all of our listeners, we have a slew of automation information. So if you aren't already following The Cobot Show, you can follow us here on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. And this episode and many others are available on our website at universal-robots.com podcast. If you have any specific questions about what we talked about, you're looking for your next steps in automation or your ballet automation, or you have a suggestion for a future podcast, send us an email at ur.na at universal-robots.com. Thank you for listening.